Good evening, everybody, and welcome to a special edition of the Fifth Man Podcast. We are back for an exclusive episode to recap the season that's just gone and the season that's coming ahead. So plenty to talk about, and as usual, I am joined in the commentary box by none other than Mark Gavranich. Welcome back, Mark. Here you go. It's good to be home. Great to be back on there. It is. It's been a while since the last episode, so it's good to get it back up for this uh, for this uh, off seat. Well, I guess off season um, news update. There's been so much going on, and we have just got so much news to to catch everybody up on. Um, so tonight we'll go through a quick season roundup um, of the WSFL and SFL. We'll go through the awards as well that have been presented. And then we'll get into all the news and transfers, and there's plenty there to to talk about. So let's get straight into a mark. And with the WSFL, obviously South Perth taking out the double, winning the league, and winning the playoffs. What's your what was your thoughts on that? Um, Lalovic, look, it was before the finals were even started. They were my top. Uh, tip to take it out. I mean, look across the board, quality everywhere. They were, they were going to be really hard to beat. And I think it was there for them to lose. But um, yeah, no, nah, another strong performance in the grand final, and they and they won it with uh, quite comfortably in the end. Yeah, five two. They 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 ran out quite nicely. Um, the game started off with um, with a quick goal fire by the Wolves. Actually, um, they were up one 0 early on, and then. You went goal for goal for the first 10 minutes at 2-2, and then after that, South Perth's depth and I think quality um, from 1-8 to eight, uh, really took over, and, and they ran out 5-2 winners in the end. Yeah, deserved winners. Yeah, but a great season for them. I mean, they won the league by about 20 points, I think it was. They only lost one game all season long, including playoffs. Um, had an incredible goal difference of, I think, some 130 or something like that so yeah I mean they they had a historic season and and, and you know well done to them so really great performance um, for them and coach Roberto boy and so moving on to the SFL Gavranich if you'd like to kick us off on this one so obviously with SFL league winners and and the playoffs as well with pleasure I mean you boys Cumbia Cumbre won it all took it all um, minor prems and then in the final series for the grant I just I couldn't believe what I was witnessing to be honest it was that first game was probably the most one-sided game I've probably ever seen in my life I mean <laughs> he's had complete control I just couldn't look I couldn't believe, and I know you guys posted something about your stats shots on target and all that stuff and I saw it and I was like Jesus like, I could not believe like you you, you suffocated him really like, like they couldn't get out of their half. You kept the ball and defended un- unbelievable. Like just just owned the court, every space of it, and it was like one of the yeah most dominating performances I've seen in futsal. It was incredible. Um, and also for the you took it out on the second night as well. You took um, the second game a lot closer, um, but it was yeah you boys just deserved thoroughly deserved. Uh, the final, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean it was a, I mean it was a great season all round. I think the league went down to the wire. We obviously came up against South Perth in the last match of the season and level on points and the winner there. I think 
ended up taking the league. So we came out with a 3-1 win there and then obviously played them again in the first round of finals and they beat us two games to one um, to go straight to the grand final. And it was a good chance for us to just self-reassess a little <coughs> bit and, and make some changes. Um, and then we had that strong series against the Lions. Uh, we won 11-1 over the two games. And then, yeah, the grand final, yeah, just, we yeah, took that yeah. momentum in into the grand final. And, yeah, I mean, obviously that 6-0 game, I mean, as much as you'd love things to go perfectly, I could never have imagined it going that perfectly in that first No, game. it was I'm insane. Like, no, no disrespect to South of the Rain, but it was just, like, unbelievable. Like, how you just controlled that game, like, from start to honestly finish of that game. It was incredible to see, but... But then again, you and South Perth, both of you guys, I mean, to stay consistent all season long, I mean, you two deserve to be there at the end of the day. Like, it is actually, when I think about it long and hard now, when t- to stay consistent throughout this whole season and show up game in, game out, and show up with the same at it, like, you, you two teams deserve to be there. So, I mean, on the night, you boys absolutely just went up another level. I mean, you would have had, Lovich, I know you would have had the tactical board out and... Uh, just making sure everything was right, you know. The, the man, you're the coach of the season for a reason. And, um, let's just say it was just an incredible performance. And later we'll talk about obviously the MVP Nesta Fonseca, just absolute stalwart there at the at the, at the back. And uh, he'll be mentioned a bit later on. But it was just he can, and but not just him. Your whole team was just incredible, incredible. Yeah, yeah. And no, it was it was a great way to round up the season. And yeah, just happy mm. to finally have clinched it after a few grand final heartbreaks in the past few years. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, so let's move on to the end of season awards, Mark. And so these have been announced by Pro Futsal and the and the State Futsal League. So let's start off with the WSFL and with a golden glove. It was Noi Pukeu from South Perth. Was there any? Was there? Was there any doubt? I mean, yeah. She, once again, she was my pick to take out that award, and yeah, she's incredible. Great keeper. Yeah, fantastic season. I think only uh, conceded about a goal a game on average. Um, but just a phenomenal goalkeeper, great shot stopper, has great presence. Yeah, she's um, she's also, I think, Mariana Tabane's worst enemy. Every time they play each other, she'll ring me. She'll be like, I just can't get past that. I, I was like, I know, she's a woman. So, yeah, de- definitely that award for sure. Yeah, phenomenal, phenomenal season from Noy. So well done there. And the WSFL Golden Boot went to the Spearwood Lions, Georgie Island, who scored over 50 goals and was actually... She only... was... Yeah. Sorry, go on. Uh, Sorry, go on. And she edged out uh, Sadie Lawrence uh, from South Perth by a couple of goals, but they both scored over 50, I think it was. I mean, quite incredible numbers um, for the season. Mate, for... A, it was... It's top four. So for a team that didn't make the finals to have... Because it's Spearwood, it was top four, yeah, this season? For yeah. The, yeah. So you had, yeah, you had, well, or did they take fourth position, did they? No, no, they finished, I think, fifth it was. That's, yeah, sorry. And, um, but to, to have a Golden Boot winner outside of the, of the top four teams, I mean, that says something about the player. That's incredible. She had a great season. Yeah, no, she did. I mean, but she, she, she was great, every, yeah, nearly every game, not just scoring, but, like, when she's on, she, they, look, they look threatening all the time. Yeah, definitely. So congrats mm. to George Island there and, and a great season for her with that award. And then the uh, WSFL coach of the season was uh, Roberto Boy, someone who's appeared on these episodes previously a number of times, um, but obviously probably an easy decision after leading South Perth to the double there. Yeah, it can't go past the big boy there. I think, yeah, he, he took them all the way and I think... 
all I think all the the girls in that team respect him as well. I think he, he would have been great for him, and he's he's, he's took them all the way. Yeah, no, he puts he, he gives it his all in coaching that team, and he, he loves the team, so it's it's just rewards in the end after a lot of hard work. Yeah, and the last award in the WSFL was the MVP, and another South Perth. Uh, player took that out as well this time uh, Tiana Botha her first MVP and, and she had a fabulous season as well I mean she was amongst the goals but her general play as well was just spectacular yeah always always good on the ball always did always did something with the ball yeah she's she's quality absolutely quality very, very skillful playmaker um, creates a lot of chances I mean, some of the goals I saw she scored were fantastic as well and some of the individual skills she pulled off so she was uh, a very worthy recipient of that and, and she had a fantastic season I mean they all did so she just stood out probably that little bit more um, from from a champion team mm-hmm. and so now with the SFL awards so starting off with the SFL Golden Glove and there were three really good nominees here in Luca Gabella from South Perth Ricardo Loro from Longabada and Rain Blauberg from Cumbia Cumbrae and Really, all three had a very strong case, but in the end, it was Luca Gabella that um, took home the Golden Glove. The big Turke, Turke, Turke. I know he will listen to this podcast, so he will know what I'm talking about. But yeah, he had a great season. I mean, to be honest, that game against Hughes, I think the first one, he, I think he stopped it from being a lot long, a lot, a lot bigger scoreline. To be honest, he was incredible. He actually had an absolutely outstanding game, even though he let a few in. But he was incredible. He's a great keeper, and I'm still to this day annoyed that we let him go and um, it's bought me back in the uh, the backside now yeah I mean that's probably one of the biggest transfer blunders of recent seasons oh it's just an, yeah don't want to talk about it but yeah. oh, good on him golden I mean he I mean him yeah Lauro Blauber oh, all had great seasons I mean you could pick any those three all quality keepers but Gabella for me he was yeah uh, it, bit tough, bit you know, a bit tough or rough on Rain, but Gabella's still a worthy winner for sure. Yeah, no, he um he had some phenomenal performances and obviously quite a few against us, so we saw it firsthand. So well done there to to Luca Gabella on the award, and the SFL Golden Boot was won by Alex Kredowitz from Longabada. So a fantastic season for him as well. Obviously, Longabada finishing third, only three points behind South Perth and Cumbrae. So he was instrumental in that, and his 38 goals was um, you know, the catalyst for that um, great season. Yeah, he knows where the old onion bag is, Lala, as they say. The man is a magnet to the goals, as they say. Yeah. No, he, he 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 scores. I think every game he pops up with one or two goals. Such a oh yeah, on average, surely yeah, goal or two a game. Yeah, it was twenty six games he played. So yeah, about one and a half a game actually. So really impressive returns. Very. And then, well, I'll let you announce this one because I kind of feel silly <laughs> doing the coaching. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can do it yourself. No, <laughs> no, I'll do it. I'll do it. Next one up is. <laughs> the SFL Coach of the Year and I mean Lalovich you took them all the way stole the minor prem and won it all I mean there, there isn't any other person I would probably give it to mate so congratulations yeah, on receiving that award well, cheers and yeah I mean it's obviously nice to win an award like that but for us the most important thing was that we you know that we won the big prize and that's what our aim was and 
you know, the rest of this is just bonuses. I mean, it's really a whole team effort. It's all the guys that come in week in, week out and perform and get the results and execute that, you know, lead to these sort of things. So, you know, all credit to the boys. Yeah, no, lovely words there, Lalavish. No, but you, honestly, mate, you, you thoroughly deserve that as well. I mean, you were instrumental with those tactics on the board against every team. You just know you're a smart man. You know what needs to be done and you get it done and the team got it done for you too, so... Well done, congrats. And then our SFL MVP award, the three nominees here were Alex Kredowitz from Longabada, um, Jamal Youssef uh, from from Perth Lions, and Nesta Fonseca from Cumbrae. And it was Nesta Fonseca that won a record sixth MVP, his fifth with Cumbia Cumbrae, and obviously had won quite a while of, quite a while ago with Moita Kalma before Cumbrae was formed. So. Six, mm. six MVPs for Fonseca, Gavs. Mate, I mean, what, what can I say? Well, I haven't already said. The man can control not just the game, I reckon. I reckon he can control the world when he's in. You know, he's just, I mean, he's one of the probably smartest players I've ever, ever seen in my life. Um, he, he's just... It's just I, I'm speechless. Gavinich has gone speechless, and he never goes. Like, I'm just yeah, speechless. I don't know rare. what to say. Very <laughs> rare to have a not a, not even like he was amongst the go- like for his age amongst the goals. He's like a fine wine. Just just ages better as the time goes on. He's doesn't even look like slowing down at all. So I, I think that retirement conversation can <laughs> go out the window because I think he was saying a couple or well, maybe last season. It could be this could be his last. But yeah, he keeps prolonging it. Season, after this season and that heart rate monitor he wears, I mean, <laughs> his heart's looking good, so he'll go another easy couple seasons. Yeah, I think he's quite motivated to, to go again and, and do it all over. So that, the drive hasn't been lost, so he'll, he'll definitely be back. Um, it's obviously great for the team. He's a, he's a great leader and a great player. So, you know, um, obviously, we're yeah, also we're from deserving of the award. Yeah, there was some. I remember we had the MVP chat quite a while ago, near the start of the season, and I think I had Farris up there as well because he started like a house on fire, but then unfortunately got injured and and whatnot. But so a few Cumro boys there up in the MVP chats already at the start. So yeah, I mean it's it's difficult. I think I think it's um, it's hard in that respect because there's probably guys taking votes off each other. Obviously, Farris, you know, for a large part of the season was instrumental as well and. He scored 30 goals this season across yeah. you know, regular yeah. season playoffs. And, and obviously Tyler Garner had a fa- fantastic season as well. Um, he, he obviously missed a few more games, but his numbers were better than Esther's. You know, he had, uh, I, think it was like 20, I think it was like 28 goals and, and 27 assists. So he, he averaged 2.1 goal contributions a game, which was, I think, the top number in the league. So... Um, he was yeah. probably a bit stiff to not be nominated, honestly, in the top three because you know he yeah, had a definitely. great season as well. So, yeah, but I mean, he's a great player too. Yeah, that's yeah. unfortunate. But at the end, there's only one that can be awarded. So, you know, Fonseca was there every game, and and obviously it was a big part of the championship. So, yeah, yeah, no complaints there. That's it. All right, so now to move on to the news. So this is um, breaking news across the league and transfers as well. There's just been so much going on. I'm just looking at the list of, of points I've got here, and um, it is absolutely massive. And let's start off with 
um, in no particular order, but we'll start off with the, the Murdoch Warriors coaching announcement of Adriano Martino. So he'll be a, a coach for Murdoch, but then interestingly, he's also going to be playing with Sterling Braza Jinga. So interesting dynamic there, but apparently that's got the tick of approval and that's going to go ahead. Yeah, I was a bit confused at the start when I saw this and I saw Murdoch post about AJ Cole. I was like, oh, okay, so he's gone there. Is he going to be like a player coach or something? And then, and then yeah, then um, Brazza announcing, yeah, so he'll be playing still at Brazza. And, and then I was hearing stuff about Brazza about not even going to be in the next season and all this, all these rumours, you know, all these ones that just have no truth to them, Lally, you know what I mean? You can't believe anything. Well, everyone's got so much time on their hands in the off-season that it's just nice to make up a lot of different things to keep us occupied, but yeah, I love getting the stir and just stirring the pot a bit. But um, but yeah, no, nah, look. So I, I'm still a bit confused. Um, I don't. So is is he coaching the juniors at Murdoch? Okay, no. So I, I've got some confirmation today. So I, I I contacted some sources around the league and I mm. asked about this because both clubs had made announcements about you know Murdoch about AJ's coach and then Braza's AJ's re-signing as a player. Um, and so apparently the deal is he will be coaching Murdoch SFL um, and draft, and he'll mm. be playing for Sterling Brazajinga. However, when those two teams clash, he's not allowed to be involved in either capacity, so he has to sit those weeks out. So it's a very oh. unique, it's a very unique oh, wow. arrangement that's been set. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how that obviously you know pans out. But for Murdoch, obviously you know they're getting a great coach in AJ. He's a, he's a phenomenal coach and knows his stuff very well so he, he'll um, have a great impact on, on those young players there and obviously for Braza yeah, for sure. keeping him as one of their core players is, is big as well so um, you know a good move for both but I just wonder you know as the season goes on um, obviously it's a lot of work for AJ so it's just a matter of he's yeah. able to sustain that focus and, and, and work across both across both roles yeah uh, interesting fair enough and another rumour that was sort of coming out of Braza, no one really knew too much what was happening, but was with Victor Brauner and whether he was going to stay or whether he was going to go. And they have announced the other day that he has um, com- recommitted to join the team. Um, so he will be staying on. But there was, I heard some rumours about a potential um, paid role at Perth Lions. That was one of the offers that was presented to him. But in the end, he's decided to stay with Braz. And I think a part of that has to be with the new head coach being announced, and that's Brian Watkins, who, who sensationally left Longabada and now has joined Sterling Braz-Ajinga. So there was a lot going on there as well. People wondering whether Brian left or whether he got sacked or whether it was a bit of both. And we thought he was yeah. going to break, yeah, and now yeah, he's yeah, back yeah. at Sterling. So who, who knows what's going on behind the scenes. But that's a very big, um, very big breaking news for... For, for Sterling, they're getting the services of Brian Watkins. Yeah, huge to get Brian, hundred um, percent. Yeah, I wonder what happened with Longabari if he left or they got rid of. I, I don't think they would have got rid of him because he had a great season with Longabari. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, so so I'm not too sure it's happened there, but it's good that Brian re-signed with Brazza too because I think it's good for the league as well. Like Lee. And he kind of, he, I basically started the club too, and it would have been sad to see him go from there. And um, no, I just think it's great for the league, him still being there, and everyone, or even eight. Like, it's just, it's just, yeah. I think he's made the right decision, but it paid far out. Mate, hopefully, Braz are looking after him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
So that's um, yeah. yeah, that was a, that was a big one, but that's been put to bed now. And so moving on to Perth AFC, some big news in the off season there. So firstly, Rob Caruso stepped down as head coach of the SFL team. So this was all within a, two hours on their Facebook page. So Caruso steps down, and then they announced Tiago Mosquita as the new coach over coming over from Sterling Brazajinga. Um, so he'll be their SFL and draft head coach, and they've also appointed Laurie Quintiliani as the new technical director. He's left EWA, Mark. And then Jason yeah. Quintiliani has also joined Perth AFC, obviously, there as the new um, goalkeeper, I believe, for the SFL side, but then also um, as the yeah. WSFL coach after being the EWA WSFL coach. So some huge uh, movements there for AFC. Yeah, massive, massive getting Laurie um, and Jason for the Perth AC. And Tiago going there would be good as well for the SFL side, for sure. He's has a wealth of knowledge of futsal, so it's all great moves. And, um, yeah, it's sad to see the big the big Jason Laurie go from us, but I know he'll be doing a great job with AFC and helping Rob out, so uh, I still love him. still love both of them. Yeah, uh, some, something to watch there, definitely. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, and moving on from AFC, Mark, so talking a bit about EWA, obviously I heard a lot of things happening during the off-season. Um, how about I'll, I'll let you have the stage and just give us an update on what has been going on behind the scenes at EWA in the off-season. Shambles, absolute shambles. I mean, <laughs> where do I start? Um, nah, <laughs> nah it's all, we, we, we've... Um, right now we know what we're, we're going to do and we've... Yeah, we've had to make some adjustments. I mean, we have to obviously find a keeper, um, but we've regained a few players that originally had left. So, in one during or a couple during the mid season and and whatnot. But we've got our teams finalised, and um, we just really need to find a keeper. Uh, other than that, yeah, with all the boys, we're we're staying put. We're staying. Uh, the club will go on and hopefully go on for many more seasons to come. Brilliant. I did hear some rumours about a potential <laughs> AFC E1 merger. What's all this about? Can you shed any light on that? Look, I know what you're doing, Lalavin. You're putting me on the spot here, and that's fine. And I'll answer, <laughs> I'll answer this. Well, the people want to know. This is big news. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, it was put forward, <clears throat> and we obviously spoke about it internally, and we made the decision... <clears throat> based on everyone that was involved in what was going to be and we all decided no we'll stay with EWA and continue on as EWA. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. And that's all I will comment on the matter, Mr. Lelovich. No, that's all we needed. We just I Is just, that professional? Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's brilliant, Mark. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure the audience is buzzing to, <clears throat> to to know a little bit of what was going on behind the scenes, so but no, it's it's good that EWA will be, you know, Relaunching into next season and and coming back stronger, I expect. That's the plan. So just to uh, mention briefly on Longabada, obviously they lost Brian Watkins, um, which is, uh, is is a huge blow, I imagine. Um, but then also I've heard rumours that the goalkeeper Ricardo Lauro is um, having a break or potentially retiring. I mean, I think he's thirty seven or thirty eight now. So that is two huge um, figures that, you know, could be lost. And then I've even heard some rumours about Kredowitz not playing next season. So are we looking at a, a mini exodus here? 
it's going to be interesting to see this unfold. <clears throat> I guess it's more of a wait and see what happens. I mean, yeah, it, I've seen that they're hosting trials, so it looks like they're still going to carry on. But in terms of who's going to run the club or who's going to coach the team, I, I would have no idea. We have to, I think, ask our uncle, John Bookalo. Um, he's been a bit missing on the podcast like this, and we'll have to bring him back and ask him what's going on there. Yeah, I, I did try and get some info out of him, but he was just he, 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 he just uh, he just played a straight he played a straight bat and didn't give me anything. <laughs> oh, smart man! Um, but yeah, no, interesting to see what will happen there, and you just wonder will Brian attempt to you know take any longer plays <clears throat> with him across to Sterling as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a very good point. I guess we have to wait and see on that yeah. one. And so, another news. Um, so, Curtin. Curtin footballist announcer Fadi Mikhail will commit as the head coach again. This time, obviously, from the start of the season, he joined the mid last season, and I think we saw big improvements in them with Fadi at the helm. So that's a great move for Curtin um, signing on Fadi for for the full season as coach. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, he was involved with them this season, and he was, I think, coaching at the. The end of this season, the second half of the season. Yes, yeah, that's right. <clears throat> and now he's got it full time, so um, that'll be very good, very good for Curtin. Yeah, um, and to a bit of uh, to some Cumbrian news here as well. Um, the first one, um, <clears throat> so the, the the team has a trip to Melbourne coming up to play some games in Mount Evelyn, the new pro futsal in Mount Evelyn, which has got a forty by twenty court now. So. I mean, a lot of other details are still to be finalised, but it's hopefully a trip that's coming up in the next month and there's going to be more updates um, you know, announced shortly as, as details get confirmed. Um, but that's going to be ahead of the... sort of like almost a, a trial run ahead of AFCC, um, the Australian Futsal Club Championships, which, by the looks of it, will be in Melbourne in January, but we'll touch up on that a little bit later in the episode. Um, and a couple of big signings, um, obviously, as well for Cumbrae. So Alex Basto um, from the Murdoch Warriors has signed on for, for, for us, um, which is a great signing. He was part of the team, uh, for the under-20s Invitational Cup team a few months <coughs> ago. And um, so he's um, now made the permanent switch over. So excited to have him on yeah. board. And, <coughs> big and another name we mentioned earlier, Georgie Island. So she's actually signed on for our WSFL team, which is returning this season. Um, so she, she she's uh, committed to, to play next season. And so is Cam Harrell, who's uh, one of our former WSFL stars and championship winners. So she'll also be back for Cumbrae um, next season in the WSFL. Yeah, it's huge, massive. I mean, you've got Cam Harrell on the other side of the world just saving horses' lives on Instagram that I'm seeing, and then you've got Basto joining Cumbrae. But what I'm going to ask you, Georgie Island, um, was there a little bit of, uh, how do I say, uh, uh, the partner enforcing her to come join the same club he's playing at? Was that a bit of a driving force there, Lalovic, or was it just, you know what, I'm going to join Cumbrae? Uh, can you please shed some light on that? I mean, it, it may have played a it may have played a part. Um, obviously, <laughs> obviously, uh, Mr. Lino probably was in her ear <clears throat> a fair bit, but um, in the end, um, obviously, you know, for for her moving across, um, the women's coaches will be you know Nesta and Wazim, um, so you know a couple of really good coaches as well to to learn from. So um, I think you know it's a mixture of, of of a lot of things that ultimately decided upon the move. Yeah, yeah, no, it'll be good. 
We're good to see you get, uh, You guys have the girls back, yeah. So two quality players right there. Yeah, no, that's the the squad's shaping up nicely now. So yeah, and I think there's trials again this Saturday night at Pro Futsal from from six pm. Um, so moving on to some other updates. Um, <clears throat> so there is an SFL Open League or, or an SFL Mixed League that's starting after. Um, I, I think the the following weekend. So there's going to be more announcements coming, but um, that's going to be a, a mixed league. There was a similar one that was run last season as well during the off-season, which was a great success. Um, and so all clubs, um, you know, with men's and women's teams in the ESFL, WSFL, um, should consider entering this one because it's just a great way for players that aren't playing just to keep a bit of fitness in the off-season. And, and from what I hear, there might even be some prize money involved that goes towards next season for the winning team. So a bit more of an incentive for, for clubs to register and, and get in there. <coughs> Indeed. Indeed. Indeed, Levich. I, I can't even add to that because you have just stolen every single word out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, indeed. Um, so, so there's a couple of... There's been some other changes. So uh, as far as I'm aware, um, the Youth League has been changed to the under-20s now um, and it's in line with the Olymp uh, Youth Olympics age um, and it's now just going to be one long season in line with the SFL. So that's for the under-20 starting um, in October as well. Um, and in some really interesting developments, um, what I've heard is that Australia is now looking to obviously reintroduce the Futsaroos, um, but also the, the women's uh, Futsaroos and the under-20s uh, Futsaroos. So national three national teams there, which could be as early as this year. Um, and I think that's definitely, um, you know, that's something that needs to happen ASAP because, um, you know, we need the national team back. We need a women's national team. We need the under-20s, um, you know, that pipeline into the, into the you know, senior team. So that's something that could be happen early this year so, or later this year. So keep, keep, um, keep your ears open for that. Um, and alongside, obviously, Gavinich, we mentioned the AFCC. Um, mm. Actual dates will be announced soon, but it's <clears> like sometime in January, towards end of January for the men's, and then early February for the women's. And um, from what I gather, it's going to be in Melbourne, in Mount Evelyn, at the, at the new Pro Futsal Centre there. Oh, nice. Yeah, it'd be good to get that back. I reckon I had such good success last time in Sydney. Yeah, that was a fantastic Port tournament. Yeah. I mean, mm. that, that, um, the, the women's tournament was particularly a huge hit um, some amazing futsal and some good crowds and yeah it's going to be um, it's going to be brilliant to have it back again now after after a bit of time off due to obviously the COVID pandemic yeah um, a couple other updates uh, so obviously you know this season we had the playoffs um, playoff series Mark what did you make of them because it was it was a very unique challenge having a best of three series now in the final yeah um <clears throat> i just like it was it was good but i feel personally this is my opinion that there's more crowd slash atmosphere if it's just the one game i don't know if you agree Lalovic. i'm not bagging out the um original like the setup that it had but i just personally think it's more on the line of it's just one game and so much pressure on that one game to try win and go to the next round i just i just feel 
that yeah i just i just feel that was more of a more of a um i don't know what's the word it felt more like more more was at stake and more was to lose just having the one game instead of the best of three but that's my opinion but what do you reckon um, obviously, both formats have their merits. I mean, obviously, the one-off games are, are really exciting and it comes down to just the one game. But then again, if we get into a game three, it's basically that um, that, that same feel. Um, obviously, you know, it's, it's quite a different dynamic managing a best-of-three series, obviously, with, you know, fatigue and, and injuries and, and, and making adjustments. So it's, it definitely tests, tests your squad a lot more. Um, but yeah. also, I think you know when when this format was announced. I think what it keeps in mind is um, helping clubs prepare for, <coughs> for AFCC um, because that's obviously a weekend long tournament when you play you know five to seven games to, to try and win it all. Um, and so the only way to really prepare for that is to you know get some you know high intensity games across you know the whole weekend. So um, you know obviously very you know makes it very tough but i mean i enjoyed it as well um obviously you just make sure that everyone everyone has to contribute there's just a lot that goes into it um in terms of planning and and managing so yeah it was definitely a, a unique challenge but it's going to be something that stays um for next season as far as i'm aware um and obviously something that's you know just for, for clubs to think about is you know when they make the playoffs um you know they're not paying for playoffs so when clubs are at a, at a stage where they've got their own venues and they're hosting this playoff series it's, it can be a, a nice little boost for them as well um you know if, if they're qualifying and, and hosting playoff series so um, yeah, i think it's going to be a format that's here to stay for a for, for a considerable while fair enough also i'm gonna get you <laughs> <laughs> no, i mean oh, the one-off games are I, I know we were on the wrong end of a few of them in the grand final, so I mean mm. it's a, it's a it's a weird feeling though. Like we won game one in the grand final, and it's like a great win. It's all this euphoria, and they're like, "Oh wait, we actually got to come back tomorrow and close you know and close it out." Yeah, like, no, yeah nothing's yeah, yeah. done yet. So that was um, you know that that was a little bit weird experiencing that. So that's probably the times you think, "Oh damn, I wish it was one game because <laughs> it'd be done." But, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So Mark. The last segment we'll do in the news. Um, there's been there's been some developments around the league that um, that I've sort of heard from various sources regarding mm-hmm. you know home grounds and and clubs being you know set up at their own venues in the not too distant future. And obviously you know with Cumbria we announced in December that we've got a, a centre on the way and we're hoping to be in there you know early 2022 and that's um going to be built down in Port Kennedy. Um, yeah. Now there's also, there's going to be some other clubs or some of the clubs already in, you know, in, in at least the planning stages of getting their own venues. Um, so some of the things that I've heard, and then we can, you know, discuss is, but so the Lions have got a grant from the local council to convert their outdoor netball courts into futsal courts. Um, so that's a, a considerable grant that they got. Um I also hear the Longa Bada are, convert, are converting a, a a bocce venue into a futsal venue somewhere north of the river. I don't know the exact details. 
Um, there's been some mm-hmm. rumours around Sterling um, being in talks with some developers um, with Pro Futsal about undertaking a project for their own venue. Um, yep. and same as AFC as well. So apparently they're making some big moves behind the scenes and have had some talks with Pro Futsal about looking at venues. Um, ECU and Curtin, obviously they're affiliated with the university, so they're looking at some options with those respective universities and setting up home grounds there. Um, and then Murdoch... I heard that when Rafa Capasso comes back, they, they will be in talks um, with Pro Futsal potentially as well about looking at some sort of you know permanent venue for them. Um, Fremantle, obviously a club that's been around a while, they've um, they've got some you know significant sponsors, and so they've been in talks with some potential sponsors and investors, from what I've heard um, about a mm-hmm. about a home ground, and and obviously Byford out there as well have got a bit of a at least a training venue, but they're um, always growing their juniors, so. Um, they've they probably got something in the plans as well. So, what do you make of all this? And you know, clubs starting to now branch out and look at their home, you know, own own venues, and also if there's anything in the pipeline for EWA. Yeah, but I love playing at the centre. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I mean, obviously it's great for the sport. It's huge. I mean, if clubs can have their own home team, but yeah, you just you just hope it grows big enough for that to to be supported throughout its future but yeah it's a great idea great idea yeah I mean I think having obviously the clubs when they get into the venues um, you know just opens up a lot of doors in terms of building junior academies and and grassroots involvement community involvement so it it does open up a lot of the doors and allows I guess the clubs to to expand that way so I mean we'll we'll see what happens obviously these are all just sort of rumours floating around but it, it just I think it just goes to show that clubs are starting to, you know, ramp things up and, and are thinking, you know, long term as opposed to just um, being focused on the short term with that in mind. So, be interesting to see yeah. though what what eventuates from this over the next, you know, twelve to twenty four months and beyond. Yeah, for sure. And so now to wrap up, we're gonna well, we announced a few days ago on the Facebook page that the fifth man. Mixed All-Star Game is back for edition 2.0 after last year's great success. And this one will be on Friday, the 16th of July at Pro Futsal at 7pm. So that game is going ahead. And we will be making our team selections tonight live on the air. So both Mark and myself will pick two goalkeepers each and six players each with a further... A few players to be announced in the coming days on social media. So, Mark, are you ready to pick your team? Are we going one for one? We'll go one for one, and we'll start off with the goalkeepers first. Uh, so we'll have to mm-hmm. we'll pick one each, um, one each mm-hmm. until we've got two, and then we'll go yep. um, onto the players. So, Gavinich. I'll let you take the reins first and make your pick. I'm going for El Baswadi from ACU as my keeper. Love that pick. Underrated keeper, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a phenomenal season. You. I am actually going to go with the Golden Glove winner in the WSFL from South Perth, uh, Noi Pukail. She's my number nice. one kicking goal. Beautiful. And goalkeeper number two? 
I'm stealing yours, Rain. <laughs> ah, Rain Blauberg. <laughs> Thank you. No. <laughs> nah, I figured if I pick Rain, I mean, I've, been, I've had plenty of games with Rain, so it's mixed it up. <laughs> so, so my pick for goalkeeper um, will be a young gun, up-and-coming youngster from Fremantle in Tom Robles. Nice, beautiful. All right, now moving on to the court players. So we'll go with our WSFL picks one for one first, um, mm-hmm. and we'll pick three each. So lead us away, Mark. Okay, first I shall pick Gemma Crane. The former EWA star turned wolf star. <laughs> reunion there. So fantastic pick, obviously a, a brilliant player. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to have to go with the Golden Boot winner and the new Cumbrae signing, Georgie Island. Nice. Beautiful. And Mr. Gavranich, you are on the clock. Zoe Spadano, my second pick. Great player. Fantastic player from from South Perth there. Had a phenomenal Mm -hmm. performance in the grand final as well. Just... um, just yeah. Yeah, put an absolute clinic. Um, she did, she fantastic did. Fantastic pick there. And so my next pick will be from South Perth, the MVP winner, Tiana Botha. Oof. I might have to go then. The Roynitsa lover, Demago, Jess Demago. Another absolute quality player there. <laughs> oh, skillful as. Yeah. Got to have. And my next selection for WSL will be uh, Tessa DeLeo. So, another outstanding Beautiful. player with a great season. So, that's our WSFL <coughs> picks in, three of each. And now we'll pick three SFL players each with the further... Um, announcements for the last few spots to be announced later on. So, Mark, take us oh, I've away. got to, I've got to keep that, keep that Croatian chemistry going. So, Andrea Jukic, you're coming with me, brother. If you're listening, Jukic is in with Team Gavranic. <laughs> All right. Your I'm turn. A, I. May have to have a little bit of bias in this pick, but I gotta go. I gotta go with one of my boys, um, absolute gun of a player. Um, he does it all on the court, and that's uh, Tyler Garner. Love that, <coughs> love that, and I'll have to be a bit biased too, and get my man, aka CR Seven Aiden to lose into there. Fantastic pick. Now, for my next pick, so many to choose from. All right, I am going to go with a bit of Lions flavour and pick one of the MVP nominees in Jamal Yusuf. Very nice. And I'm going to get the energetic, ever-running, Fremantle workhorse, Benji McCall, straight in there. Love it. He's a great young player. (laughs) Yeah, he is. I rate him big time. And my last pick from South Perth, the Brazilian wonder, former MVP, Danilo Neves. Oh, 
Mr. Silk, yeah, fair enough. Great pick. Absolute Silk. So, so those selections are in. So Mark Gavrinich has got Rain Blauberg in goal, along with Al Basuidi from the Jets. And then on, on court, you've got Gemma Crane, Jess DeMargo, Zoe Spadano, Andrea Jukic, Aiden Deleuze, and Benji McHale. And in Team Lalovic, we've got Noy Pukail in goal with Tom Robles, Georgie Ireland, Tiana Botha, Tess DeLeo, Tyler Garner, Danilo Neves, and Jamal Youssef. So those picks are in, and we will announce the rest of them in the coming days on the Fifth Man page, and we'll also announce these names very shortly as well. But it should be a cracking game, Mark. Both solid. should be an absolutely cracking game. Indeed, both solid teams. Let's get it. That's it. Should be a good one. Friday night... 16th of July, so that's next Friday night, 7pm kickoff at Pro Futsal. Come down and, and enjoy a great night of some mixed SFL, WSFL All-Star action. So that is it for the episode, Mark. A very in-depth episode as it is. There was a lot to cover, mm. but hopefully, hopefully the futsal community have got their fix of information that they needed for the off-season. Um, and obviously, we've still got a few more months break, but the SFL season will resume in October, along with the WSFL season, and there will be a season launch event coming up, um, which Pro Futsal will announce at some stage to to mark the start of the 2021-22 seasons. Beautiful, Lalovic. It's been a pleasure as always. As always, Mark, and thanks for joining us, and we'll see you all hopefully next Friday night.